had for dinner. Well, I would like some maybe like peanut butter and banana tonight for a snack. Oh, so you want that? I want it. Yeah. Uh, okay. I just, you know, like when you say something out loud, it's like, ooh, that is a good idea. Wow. No, um, no I'm usually very <laughs> confident in my ideas in my head, so I'm, I'm pretty good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know what I am confident about? This episode. Is that because it's episode 40? It is. I actually didn't know that, so that's pretty great. It's pretty wild. That is pretty wild. Also, happy one year anniversary, technically. Yeah. A week ago. Like about a week ago or so, yeah. Oops. Oops. We also haven't uploaded like... 52 episodes you know yeah we'll get there we'll make a big deal in, mm-hmm. in 12 weeks how that's like three months three more months right yeah <laughs> maths i mean it didn't help that we had to take a literal two-month break because of our stuff being broken yeah that wasn't ideal but <laughs> but now here we are hopefully we don't have to take another two-month break anytime soon wow that'd be great All right, so I'm a little nervous for this one today. Great. Because this one is one that I feel like is a big one. Mm -hmm. I personally had never heard of it, Mm -hmm. but this is like a big one. Great. So I just want to put it out there first and foremost that with a lot of big cases like Ted Bundy and... um, you know, like John Wayne Casey, that kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. there's so much that people do. And if you want to really, really get in depth with that, please do that. That's great. I just tried to do my best to just sum up as much as I could. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing either one of those topics. <laughs> great. Yeah. No. But um, today, mm-hmm. I am going to be talking about the Heaven's Gate cult. Ah. Have you heard of this one? Yes. Okay. I figured. I've Yes. I figured with everything that you've mm-hmm. listened to in your life that mm-hmm. you've probably heard this a million times. Uh-huh. Um, Not a million times, but uh-huh. I've heard it. Okay. So I'm going to do my best to um, to tell you a story today. This is a rough one. Uh, this sure is. Mm-hmm. Again, I never heard of it, mm-hmm. um, but... I'm really excited to talk about this. It's a good one. So I got all of my information from Wikipedia, a really awesome Rolling Stone um, article that was written in 2017. That was about the 20 year anniversary of something bad that happened that I'll yeah. talk about. Yeah. Um, and then I watch a wonderful YouTuber who does like a makeup and murder mystery Monday mm. show. Her name is Bailey Syrian. Uh, wonderful. Great. So, we're going to go ahead and just jump on in. I have a couple of videos to play mm-hmm. and um, we're just going to do our best here. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. So as with every story, especially when we talk about cults, surprise, we got to go back to the upbringing mm-hmm. and the troubled lives of those who created it. Of course. Of course. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to start off with Marshall. So Marshall Herf Applewhite Jr. was born in Spur, Texas, because of course that's a real place. A lot of what you just said is the worst thing. Excuse me? (laughs) That's not what you want to name your firstborn child. Mm -hmm. So born in Mm -hmm. Spur, Texas in 1931, 
He was said to have a pretty normal childhood. He was a son of a Presbyterian minister and was therefore pretty religious, as I feel like most people in Texas in the 30s who were white were. In 1952, he earned a bachelor's degree in philosophy and enrolled at the Union Presbyterian Seminary uh, to study theology and one day hope to become a minister like his pops. Around this time, he married a nice lady named Ann Pierce, and they had two children named Mark and Lane. I like the name Lane. Is it spelled with an I? Pierce? No. Oh, Lane. Lane. L-A-N-E. Mm. So it's like a like a traffic lane i see yeah interesting i like i know i used to know someone l-a-i-n-e Ooh, i like that Mm -hmm. i feel like when you add an i and an e into a name it's just like it's a little little spice that's why i'm just a disappointment overall you you have an i and an e in your full name somewhere Uh, yeah that's a stretch (laughs) fine um Okay, so in 1954, Applewhite was drafted by the U.S. Army and served in Austria and New Mexico as the as a member of the Army Signal Corps. Great. He left the military in 1956 and enrolled at the University of Colorado, where he earned a master's degree in music and focused on musical theater. Wow, big change. Uh-huh, a little bit uh, from theology to music. I mean, I, I guess they have they have ties for sure. Well, just the theology to war to music yeah You're like okay, yeah yeah sure you know tis tis the life mm-hmm. it's fine yeah uh after after graduating he moved to new york city with his family in an unsuccessful attempt to become a professional singer he then decided to jump states again and moved to the universe he moved to alabama where he taught at the university of alabama but allegedly lost his position because, um, again, allegedly, he was caught pursuing a relationship with a male student. Uh. And as you know, in the past and in current day, uh, a lot of religion is still not supportive of same-sex relationships. Um, Correct. And because of that, Applewhite... Um, we shun them. Well, yes. Wait, mm. religion? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, not... Not the gays. We love the gays. It, yes. I love them. I'm gay for the gays. My LGBTQ plus folks. Mm-hmm. I love you. Yeah. So much. Mm-hmm. However, this firing kind of led into like a little bit of a, a down spiral. Um, and he was said to be like sexually frustrated or subsequently frustrated by his sexual desires and felt unfulfilled in his life because of his identity and separated from his wife uh, three years later. Okay. So 1965, this is a little bit, a very quick timeline. After leaving the university of Alabama, Applewhite moved to Houston to serve as a chair of the music department at the university of St. Thomas. His students regarded him as an engaging speaker and stylish dresser. Mm-hmm. He also became a locally popular singer, serving as the choral director of an Episcopal 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 Church. Great. Uh, and performed with the Houston Grand Opera. Wow. Um, this next sentence is something mm-hmm. in Houston. Applewhite was briefly openly gay, but pursued a relationship with a young woman who left him under pressure from her family um, to 
marry mm-hmm. a woman. Just fine. Just the sentence Applewhite was briefly openly gay. I uh-huh. just yeah. Yeah. Like I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um he resigned from the University of St. Thomas in 1970, citing depression and other emotional problems. Uh, though Applewhite and his wife were already divorced by that point, he struggled with the loss of his job and may have even had a nervous breakdown. Um, also around the same time, his father, whom he looked up to immensely, passed away. Mm. Um, and again, allegedly, he was um, said to have had another relationship with a male student. And so just a lot was going on. He was struggling with his, his identity, struggling without his father, and mm-hmm. was just having a rough time. I mean, this is a, a byproduct of social pressure. Mm-hmm. 100%. Absolutely. Because it's just like a person's not allowed to be who they are. Mm-hmm. And I feel like because of that, it's just a lot of repression and a lot of just like sadness and mm-hmm. emptiness and I'm happy that I get to love you and no one questions it. Yeah. So sucks. Mm-hmm. But it's just interesting. And and I feel like a lot not a lot, but some backstories are very similar to this. Yeah. That's true. Which is really sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because of this, uh, this part of the story is a little eh because we don't exactly know what happened. Um, some sources say that Applewhite checked into a hospital because of heart problems. Some say it was because of his depression and some say that he was visiting a friend. It's all, it's all kind of questionable. But regardless, a couple years later, while at this hospital, he met Bonnie Nettles was a nurse with a strong interest in the bible as well as a few obscure spiritual beliefs okay so let me tell you about bonnie fine bonnie is one hell of a gal Mm. (laughs) so bonnie was born and raised also in texas and houston into a baptist family as an adult she moved away from religion and became a registered nurse married a businessman businessman named joseph siegel nettles in December 1949, Seagull? Seagull, like, I'm pretty sure it's either Seagull, like, you know. Like Stevie? Um, Yeah. It's, but it's, it's missing an A, you know. Oh. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, it's S-E-G-A-L, Seagull? And it's not, Seagull? it's not even Seagull. like Jason Seagull. No, exactly. So probably no relation. Seagull? 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 Seagal. Seagal. Oh, I like Seagal. I like that one. Seagal. Oh, I think we hit. I spicy. think we hit the mark with Seagal. I like that. I like okay. that a lot. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Joseph doesn't have a big part in this story. Dang it. Um, but they did have four children, so that's what? fun. Wow. Uh, their marriage remained mostly stable until around 1972. <laughs> Just the term mostly stable when referring mostly to a stable. marriage is really problematic. Isn't that the, what romance is made out of? It's most mostly stability. That's fine. Um, so around 1972, their marriage began to deteriorate because Bonnie believed that a 19th century monk named Brother Francis uh, was speaking to her and gave her instructions on what to do in life. That's too vague. I'm was this sorry. the tulpa? 
dude, honestly, there's a lot of similarities between our yeah. stories. It's interesting. Also, Brother Francis is too vague. Brother Francis. You know, like, <laughs> there's it's too there's too many brothers, Francis. Brother Francis. I oh, this is like Brother Francis. Brother Francis. Okay, that yeah. narrows it down significantly, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. So. See, I thought so. You mm-hmm. just, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I actually I know this so. guy. So. Do you? Yep. Wow. I knew that you went into the, into the monkhoods. Uh, yep. So around this time, uh, Nettles de- developed a little hobby for conducting seances with mediums in order to contact other deceased spirits and actually had a circle group uh, in her home every Wednesday, which her hubby, Joseph, was not the biggest fan of. You're um, just getting together with friends. What's the problem? Exactly. You're just having a circle group mm-hmm. with some friends and mm-hmm. just trying to conjure spirits. It's fine. fine. Uh, Bonnie also was really interested in astrology, theosophy, and the cult. Uh, again, in 1972, which was a rough year for Bonnie and her hubby, she went to see multiple fortune tellers who told her that she would soon meet a mysterious man who was ready, checklist, tall, with light hair, and a fair complexion, and that she needed to go with this person as he was going to change the world. So she's like, yeah, yeah, I'll do my best. I'll do my best fortune teller um, to search for this mysterious, ubiquitous, unicorn of a man who is tall white and has light hair in texas so she met Mm. ryan seacrest (laughs) yes that is correct and he changed the world by trying to high five a blind guy justin you know that's something (laughs) that the internet will never let die no no i mean it i don't it's not really his fault but i still think it's really funny that he tried to high five a blind guy you know but no, I'm not to say haven't we all because mm-hmm. no, I have not. Right. All right. So moving away from that, uh-huh. we're just gonna we're just gonna shift past. So so Bonnie's working as a psychiatric nurse, and guess what? On one of her shifts, she sees a patient, Marshall. And what does Marshall look like? Justin. He's tall. Yeah. He has a fair complexion uh-huh. and light hair, and she's like, "Oh yeah. my god, that's him." That's fifty percent of America. Nice. But, I mean, you know, it's fine. Okay. So they supposedly hit it off right away, and Bonnie actually did an astrological reading for Marshall. And while doing this, she found out that their stars were aligned, which meant that they were supposed to be together. So, again, how they exactly met is still unclear, Mm -hmm. but they felt an instant connection, and they began to discuss their beliefs. They actually left the hospital together on New Year's Day, 1973. Uh, Bonnie left her children with her husband and they like left. Oh, because they were convinced that they were the two witnesses described in the Christian book of Revelations, a book that I will never read Mm -hmm. and that they were the ones to prepare the way for the kingdom of heaven. That that's got to be it. It is. Yeah, it is. I can't believe that no one saw that before. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, no one else in history has ever believed that they were the chosen ones. No, this um, is amazing. But Bonnie and Marshall were. Mm-hmm. So they decided that because they were starting a new life together, that they needed new names. So this is going to get a little tricky. So just do your best. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I will continue to refer to them as either 
by their first their actual first and last name mm-hmm. but if you ever do readings or if you watch a documentary which is a ton of them out there Applewhite and Nettles began to call themselves Bo and Peep, him and her, uh, and Doe and T. Um, what, that one doesn't make any sense to me. No, but that's a really popular one, Doe and T. I don't. What? I don't. You know what? We don't ask questions. Okay. Sometimes they even went by Winnie and Pooh. No. Or Tiddly and Wink. <laughs> I like that one. Which is my personal favorite. I like that one a lot. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, I actually think this is really cool. They shared a platonic sexless partnership. So it was an, uh, an asexual relationship um, in keeping with the aesthetic life that they would come to encourage among their uh, their followers. Mm-hmm. Marshall decided that Nettles was, quote, to be the sage and he would be the speaker. Interesting. Okay. All right. So we got the backstory. Now let's get on to the not so great parts. Great. So after leaving the hospital together in 1973, so again, they completely separated themselves from their past life now. Mm-hmm. Bonnie left her kids. Uh, Marshall left his whole life. Yep. They're done. No child support. No, no, yep. no child support. Fine. They did what I honestly wish we could do. And they took a six month road trip across the Western United States. Away from their children. Yes. Who scream at 345 in mm-hmm. the morning to mm-hmm. be fed for no reason. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Yeah. It sounds great, mm-hmm. actually. Who scratch at their door all night. But this is why I bought a water gun. And I'm <laughs> so... Everybody, seriously, I know it's probably not good. But, okay, for the last two months of my life, Sage has woken Justin and I up at le- anywhere between 3.30 and 4.30 a.m. Every single day. And Mama's getting sick of it. We've tried pillows. We've tried stern talks. We've tried... um feeding him right before we go to bed none of it he doesn't care Mm -hmm. so we had this little crack beneath our door and today i went to target and target has their new spring and summer collection Mm -hmm. and guess what they had many squirt guns on sale for 199 so what did i do i bought it great i'm really excited because sage doesn't like water lydia doesn't care but say but but lydia's a good girl you know we do need to like under underset this with we are very kind oh, gosh, and yes. loving parents to the the cats. <laughs> they are my babies. They are well fed. Yes. Well taken care of. We're obsessed. But you know, every once in a while, we all just need a little little water gun in the face. Honestly, I love them mm-hmm. from the moment I wake up to the mm-hmm. moment I go to sleep. But those precious hours <laughs> in between, yeah. Mama needs a break. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that we should take a six-month break from them. We'll leave them plenty of food. Mm-hmm. We'll have a mom and dad stop over. It's fine. It's fine, fine with me. It's fine. So while on this six-month journey throughout yeah. the Western United States, they had little money. And they uh, occasionally resorted to selling their own blood or working odd jobs for the much-needed funds. We've all been there. It's fine. The pair of uh, the pair ate basically solely bread rolls. Uh, often camped out and pretty much just kind of dodged their lodging bills. It's mm-hmm. fine. Um, one of their friends from Houston corresponded with them around 1974. Uh, they visited her and she became their first convert. Oh, boy. By June of 1974, Applewhite and Nettles' beliefs had solidified into a basic outline. So what they wanted was and what they believed was that 
because they were the individuals who were supposed to pave the way to heaven, that they needed to do something to fulfill this heavy burden of basically being biblical prophecies. Sure. Yeah. And that they, the two of them, had been giving a high had been given higher level minds than other people and were therefore there to guide them. Mm. Okay. Okay. You're like shepherds. Yes, exactly. To yes. The flock. So they started to talk about, you know, their beliefs and they started writing it down. So they actually wrote a pamphlet that described Jesus' reincarnation as, you guessed it, a Texan, which <laughs> was a thinly veiled reference to Applewhite. Again, as I said before, they concluded that they were the two witnesses from the book of Revelation, and they occasionally visited churches or other spiritual groups to speak of their identities, often referring to themselves as the two or the UFO two. Mm -hmm. The pair believed that they would be killed and then restored to life and in view of others transported onto a spaceship. This event, which they referred to as, quote, the demonstration, Mm -hmm. was how they were going to prove their claims. Okay. That was a jump. A bit. (laughs) I feel that generally um, talk of UFOs Mm. and God Mm -hmm. tend to be at opposite ends of a spectrum. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But this is just mm-hmm. cut a line right through the middle. Sure did. And let's just run down it as mm-hmm. fast as we can without explaining a single thing. Mm-hmm. That's basically what they did. Yeah. So I'm going to explain this a little bit more. And then we're going to take a quick break. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to dive into it even more. And then we got the bad stuff. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. So 1974 is a big year for them. Because in 1974, Marshall mm-hmm. was arrested in Texas for failing to recur to return a car that he had rented months prior in Missouri. Really? Wow. Yes. He was extradited to St. Louis and was jailed for about six months. Mm-hmm. At the time, Marshall maintained that he had been divinely authorized to keep the car and therefore shouldn't be in jail, but it's fine. Because, yeah. because if you're divinely authorized, you don't have to explain yourself to anybody else. You don't have to answer to people. No. Come on. No. no it's yours. It's your money. You can shirk all responsibility. Exactly. Come on. <laughs> Come on. So while in jail, mm-hmm. as one does, mm-hmm. uh, Marshall pondered theology and subsequently decided to abandon basically all of his previous thoughts uh-huh. about mm-hmm. the more stereotypical religious thoughts that he had mm-hmm. in favor for extraterrestrials and evolution. Okay. Hey, okay. 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 Which I feel like you, you're, you're you know, be a fan of. Yeah. Hey. I mean, it's slow progress. Mm-hmm. 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 And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. No. It's, it's, it's great. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a more theoretical, you know, like yeah. analytical approach. Exactly. I like it. Exactly. Because what the thought was, and that, so, so, okay, real quick. So after Marshall was released, he was like, Bonnie, we're dropping what we had in our previous pamphlets. We got to make some new ones and we got to talk about uh-huh. extraterrestrials. Okay. Uh huh. Because now what the thought was, was that Bonnie and Marshall mm-hmm. and 
their followers, mm-hmm. they were chosen by higher beings and right. higher beings in their minds. Now it, it wasn't, as you said, it wasn't aliens versus God in heaven. Mm-hmm. Those two things were now on a spectrum yeah. and those lines were being blurred. Like uh-huh. that was, it was one and the same. Yeah. So when, when they talked about UFOs and aliens and extraterrestrials, that was heaven. Mm-hmm. Like that people in space and extraterrestrials, like they were the chosen ones. They were smarter. They were like the peak of what humans could only aim to be. Sure. And Marshall and Bonnie were chosen to spread that message. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Um, I mean, questions. Your explanation is great. Um, their logic mm-hmm. fails to make sense to me mm-hmm. still, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I'm following. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, great, 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 great. So I got one little quick thing, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna, yeah, okay. So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Marshall was a really big fan of science fiction. He was a really big fan of Star Trek. Okay. Yeah. Um, which also may have influenced his Great. thoughts and beliefs. Yeah. Um, as he would often talk about himself and others and the higher beings using direct lingo from Star Trek episodes. Ah, uh, yeah. Which is fine. Mm, it's great. Totally. Yep. You know, it's fine. Okay. So in 1975, Marshall and Bonnie received national attention after they gave a particularly successful presentation in Oregon. To promote this presentation, flyers were hung up, pamphlets were hung up that had in big, bold letters, UFO. And there was a little, little asterisk at the bottom of the pamphlet that said mm-hmm. like we're not actually talking about ufos but this is something to grab your attention so you come uh yeah and listen to us but it's uh-huh. fine it's fine mm-hmm. so in this specific presentation in oregon this was the first time that bonnie and marshall coined the term heaven's gate ah. because before that it was called the uh the human individual metamorphosis total overcomers anonymous um, there were some other ones, uh, such as the evolutionary level above human. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of, a lot of names, but they decided just, you know what? Heaven's Not catchy Gate. enough. Yeah, exactly. Heaven's Gate. This is it. So at this, at this gathering, they promised that a spaceship would whisk their followers away to salvation. Mm-hmm. And guess what? It worked. Because over 50 individuals decided mm. to join Bonnie and Marshall, leave their families, and go to their new home. Yikes. So members of the crew were expected to abandon their families and follow very strict guidelines, including no sex, no human-level relationships, and no socializing with outside members. A few members, including Marshall, took this rule to an extreme measure by undergoing castration. Only then, 
Only then could they be elevated to a new world and a better life um, known as, as I talked about before, Tela, which is the evolutionary level above human. Everything was designed to be an exact duplicate, survivor Michael Conyers explained. Quote, you are not to come up with, well, I'm going to make the pancakes this big. There was a mixture. There was a size. There was the exact time and how long you could cook it. How much the burner was on, how much a person got, how much syrup was poured on it, everything. Michael Conyers, who was an early recruit, said that the cult's message was so appealing because they were talking about my Christian heritage, but in a modern, updated way. So, for example, Heaven's Gate apparently taught that the Virgin Mary was impregnated after she was taken up into a spacecraft. Oh, boy. So, to... Share the message of uh, Mr. Marshall. I actually have uh, a Heaven's Gate Cult initiation tape, part one, which is, can be found on YouTube. It has mm-hmm. about 2.5 million views. Um, again, I'm not trying to make light of what happened in this, especially because we are going to be talking about some really serious things in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I do want to play this. Just I'm going to play about 55 seconds or so of this tape so that, Justin, you can watch it mm-hmm. and that you, dear listener, can kind of see what's going on here, okay? Great. All right, so I'm going to try this out. I'm going to press play and see how this goes. Three, please. Mm-hmm. Room are, in old language, a couple thousand years ago, disciples, those who are trying to prepare themselves for entry into the evolutionary level above human, synonymous with the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. We're going to talk to you about the most urgent thing that is on our mind, and what we suspect is the most urgent thing on the minds of those who will connect with us. We'll title this tape, uh, Planet Earth About to be Recycled. Your only chance to evacuate is to leave with us. Uh Uh-huh. So... Just going by appearances, he is terrifying. Uh-huh. Is that that's Marshall? That's Marshall. He's so creepy looking. Yeah. He is on some wackadoodle nonsense right now. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. This is crazy. I do have one other thing that I want to play you uh-huh. really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, which is to bring the look of Marshall into the 21st century mm. i'm gonna see if i got the right point but we're gonna try this okay i don't know if you're gonna uh-huh. be able to hear this very well but we'll see okay superhero listen the day i decide to become a crime-fighting shit twizzler who rooms with a bunch of other little whiners at the neverland mansion of some creepy old bald heaven's gate looking motherfucker on that day I'll send your shiny, happy ass a friend request. But until then. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, sorry for the language, mm-hmm. um, but that is uh, the scene from the first Deadpool. Right. Uh, 
in which um, Wade is attempting to be persuaded into mm-hmm. joining the X-Men. The X-Men, yeah. Okay. Um, so. Fine. I'm not saying that Charles and Marshall look the same. Okay. But that's, no, that's no. what Deadpool's trying to do. Yeah. That's what they said. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that they don't look the same just because they're both bald. No, they're just bald. They're just bald. That's, yeah. It's mean. It's mean. It's not fair. I know. I know. But that was a, there's a lot of Heaven's Gate stuff in like modern pop in culture. Media, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I thought you might think the Deadpool one was kind of. That's pretty good. Yeah. Great. So, okay. So in all seriousness, that video was terrifying. Yeah. Um. Actually though. And that was. Uh, circulated by Heaven's Gate, um, which I'll talk about in a little bit, just really widespread because they wanted people to understand their message, to get their message. The first part of this video is about seven minutes long. The second part is about like 20 minutes long. Um, And it's just, even just the way that he talks and the way that he looks at you, it's just... Yeah, it felt very probing like his eyes were so intense Mm -hmm. when he looked right in the camera it was like he was looking right at me exactly um which is not what i want no he that was very unsettling Mm -hmm. and you almost could kind of get like a vibe from that video where he was talking and you know he was like we're gonna call this video "Mm, uh you know i don't know uh this 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 and it was like are you are you just are you just coming up with yeah. everything that you say? Like yeah. this is just spur of the moment off the top of the dome, like uh-huh. wild. But everything that he said, even if it was nonsense, was taken as the word. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that concept of the recycling mm-hmm. is a very very big concept. Yeah, which of course we'll get into. So great. All right, so for the next two decades or so, the crew, the That's family. That's a long time. It is a long time. They all wow. lived in Southern California, quite lovely place. In 1983, uh, some tragedy hit the family as Bonnie had an eye surgically removed as a result of a cancer diagnosis that she was diagnosed with seven year, several years earlier. Uh-huh. While she lived for two more years, she died in 1985. Um, and this really, really took a toll on Marshall. Um, so she didn't get to, she didn't get to go. Well, so here's the thing. So Marshall told the followers that she had traveled to the next level no. because she had too much energy to remain on Earth, and she abandoned her body to make the journey. His attempt to explain her depths or her death in the terms of the group's doctrine was successful, <sighs> preventing the departure of all but one member. However, Marshall became very depressed. Mm-hmm. He claimed that Bonnie was still communicating him with him, but he suffered from a crisis of faith. Um, he was basically, he had been, he said that he had been left behind by Bonnie because he still had more to do and that he felt that she occupied a higher spiritual role than he did. Mm-hmm. He actually began identifying her, Bonnie, as the father and often oh. referred to her with male pronouns. Okay. Um, I mean, you're not supposed to assume, though. Oh, my goodness. 
you know <laughs> like don't just refer to someone unless you know their pronouns you know you feel good about that one well yeah kind of <laughs> should i not no you should okay but it's just very interesting yeah that it's like he was upset that she left him mm-hmm. but he tried to reframe that of like okay well she's done with her she did all that she could do with her time here and now i'm gonna follow on and do it's almost best. like she's leading exactly like he started out that way mm-hmm. but because she went first she's yep. leading it now exactly exactly Ugh, that's so yep. creepy yep Ugh. so okay so now we're gonna get into the video that we just watched so this video uh-huh. unfortunately now as you can see we're kind of catching up with the times that we are familiar sure, with. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. The video was widespread throughout the internet because, as we all know, the internet became very, very large in the 1990s. Absolutely. Especially as it was utilized by consumers and producers alike. Yeah. Um, and the crew was not above that. The group actually made a lot of money. Um, from establishing a website, which I will show you later. It, it still exists? It still exists. That somehow doesn't surprise me. Nope, and we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, no. 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you talk. Okay. Because I, okay. I think I know something. Okay, okay. Well, if you don't, if it doesn't come up, please, yeah. please remember that. Um, so they began to use the new technology to share their beliefs with a wider audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, they, they, the group was like, they were great brilliant minds and again they made a lot of money um from designing web pages for various groups and then for their own specific group you could almost say they went viral they did go in the 90s they sure did which gross the internet in the 90s was a scary thing in general Uh uh-huh yeah and then you add this and the website still looks like it's from the 90s yeah that's unsettling it's not good Okay. All right. So now we're going to get okay. So Justin, before we get into this Mm -hmm. bit, I want to preface that Mm -hmm. members of Heaven's Gate believed that suicide was wrong. But their definition of suicide was far different from a traditional one. They believed that the true meaning of suicide was turning against the next level when it was offered to them. If that makes sense. Nope. Okay, great. Yep, yep, yep. So basically what it means is is that first and foremost, dying for dying to reach the higher level mm-hmm. when Bonnie and Marshall first started out, that was not part of their plan at all. They okay. they did not ever once spread their message that you had to die or kill yourself to get to a higher level. See, then that's fine. Exactly. That was never part of it. But then it changed. So it's not exactly clear where Marshall got this big idea, which we'll be diving into. It's a lot, Bonnie. But Marshall had an idea that in 1997, in March 1997, there would be a UFO that would trail behind the hail bop. Oh. So the hail bop was a brilliant comet that was about mm-hmm. to make its appearance for the first time in 4,000 years. Yeah. And a UFO that was destined for his people were going to be trailing that comet. Comet 
And he could not let go of that idea. Yeah. So for some reason, again, Applewhite saw this as a sign. According to him, it was, quote, the only way to safely evacuate this Earth. The spaceship behind the hail bop was apparently the flight that the Heaven's Gate members had been waiting for all along. It was coming to take them to the higher place that they were seeking. Hmm. And it was coming just in time. If they waited any longer, Marshall was convinced that the Earth was going to be recycled while they were still on it. Okay. Okay. So going back to this video and going back to the whole concept of recycling Mm -hmm. and going back to their original idea that Bonnie and Marshall were chosen as the prophets from Revelations, Mm -hmm. which if you know anything about that book is not good. It's not a happy time. It's a lot of death. Yeah. It is the literal apocalypse. Um, Heaven's Gate. They got to go. Yep. Okay. So um, because of uh, the money that the Heaven's Gate members were receiving from designing web pages, they decided in um, March of 1997 to rent a mansion near San Diego. Mm-hmm. And in this mansion, this would be the place that they were going to leave their vehicles. Their vehicles. Not parking <laughs> out on the street. <laughs> in, like vehicles, not leaving it in a garage. No, 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 no. no. Their no. vehicles were unfortunately not physical cars. But yeah, instead no, they were physical bodies. Right. Great. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk about their last supper. Oh, don't call it that. Uh, you know what? So the group, as they did, uh, they had their final meal together at a big dinner at Marie Callender's restaurant no. in Carlsbad, California. Really? I'm serious. Oh, of all of the of choices. All of the places. According to a waiter, they ordered all of them, mm-hmm. all 39 of them ordered the exact same thing. They had iced teas to drink, uh-huh. dinner salads beforehand with tomato vinegar dressing, turkey pot pies for the entree, cheesecake with blueberries on top for the dessert. They seemed very nice, very friendly, very polite. No one seemed depressed at all or anything like that. Man. All right. So... Following an anonymous tip on March 26, 1997, police entered a mansion in Rancho Santa Fe, suburb of San Diego, and discovered 39 victims of a mass suicide. The deceased, 21 women and 18 men of varying ages, were all found lying peacefully in matching dark clothes, matching dark sweatsuits, and Nike sneakers, and had no notable signs, noticeable signs of blood or trauma. So this is what happened. Mm. So starting about three or four days beforehand, on either March 22nd or March 23rd, the 39 cult members ate applesauce or pudding that had been laced with a heavy dose of barbiturates. Ah. Some washed it down with vodka. Some just choked it down. Yikes. Justin, they did it group by group, placing bags over their heads to ensure asphyxiation, and then they waited for their own deaths. What? This was believed to have happened over a course of the few days with a highly outlined process being called the routine 
which was found as a document on the property. So this is what, so what would happen was, is that 15 people would begin the process. Mm -hmm. They would die. Another group would come clean up the mess that the, the original 15 had done. Then a second group of 15 would start. The next group would come in, clean up the mess, and finally the last group of nine mm-hmm. would finish the process Yikes. of the routine. Come on. So it was found, uh, it was reported that the anonymous tip was actually of a member who ran away days beforehand. Okay. Who knew that something was going to happen and reported it, unfortunately, too late. That's not their fault. No, definitely not. Um, so after learning about this, especially, of course, you got some. It's the 90s in Southern California. Uh huh. The age of the Internet. Reporter, the age of Aquarius. <laughs> honestly, reporters swarmed the scene, clamoring for details about the suicide cult. Family members of the victims demanded that their bodies be tested for HIV, all of which were negative. And Marshall Applegate's wide-eyed, bald image was plastered on countless magazines. Ew. What? With his facial expressions and quotes living on an infamy. No. After the initial uproar died down, those left behind had to cope with their loss. Former yeah. member Frank Lyford lost his closest friends, his coven, his cousin, and the love of his life in the mass suicide. Oh, God. Uh, this is a quote from him. He said, mm. we all have a connection to the divine within us. We all have that radio transmitter built in. We don't need anyone to translate that for us. That was the big mistake we all made. In my mind, it was believing we needed someone else to tell us what our best path should be. But eerily enough, Heaven's Gate still has four living followers who supposedly only survived <sighs> Because they were instructed to continue the group's website and have been doing so ever since. They still believe in the cult's teaching and they claim to be what? in contact with the 30 me- 39 members who died, no. including Marshall, every day. No, you're not. <laughs> you're definitely not. I can promise you that much. And that is the story oh. of the Heaven's Gate cult suicide. It's like I was having an okay time. Yeah. And then we got to March 97. Uh-huh. And it's like it just escalated so quickly. Yep. And just to know of the methods that they all they all decided to put themselves through. And there's some like really awful stuff like I was reading in the Rolling Stones article that like Nike, like the Nike company, yeah. they were they were like originally thought to have part of it because all of the members were wearing Nikes and were wearing matching black track suits. Yeah. And so like Nike, they were like, do you have any part of this? And then somehow some, some pairs of Nikes were leaked from like collection and they were being sold on eBay for like thousands oh, of dollars on, saying man. that they were worn from from members who had passed away and it's like that's terrible and even just the word 
like the phrase the routine yeah that's like, so unsettling it's yeah. very disturbing like the fact that that was written out and purposely placed by the bodies in yeah. the house because they wanted it to be found is just yeah that's so gross so that's my happy story for today i'm so sorry great so, but um just to wrap this up, if you are interested in learning more, there's actually uh, a, a documentary on Netflix that I would, or excuse me, on Hulu that I'd really like to watch. And mm. it's called Heaven's Gate, The Cult of All Cults. Sure. Um, it is uh, cults, as we've talked about in the past, are just incredibly sad and fascinating things to me. And um, if you'd like to learn more, there's a lot of really great resources out there. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, yeah, a little bit of a different episode this week. We just had one big story. Um, it's kind of cool. Um, very in depth, surprisingly. Like, there's so much in here to go over. Like, uh, yeah, this is a big one. Yeah. And I'm glad that we took the extra time to cover it so well thank you for listening i really appreciate it um this was definitely one that i've wanted to well honestly i i can't even say i wanted to do for a long time because i hadn't heard of it before yesterday so um <laughs> great thanks for listening but in in your alien mind mm -hmm. with your antenna mm -hmm. you knew i knew i knew that i had to spread the message yeah that's crazy yeah so <sighs> cults man cults man be careful be out careful. there there so. are much healthier and safer ways to find acceptance yep and belonging just um yeah it's like if there i don't even want to say the word silver lining or anything i'm just it's awful that it happened mm -hmm. and i'm happy that they didn't hurt anyone else like i'm mad at marshall yeah because it's like i know people have their own free will blah 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 blah, blah, blah. but it's like uh, you influence 38 other people to do yeah. this yeah i'm mad at you great you should be yeah so Ugh. all right well enough Ridiculous. with that you got any recommendations for me this week bubba um let's see i am going to recommend mm. A snack <laughs> um i believe that it's just called like mother's animal cookies oh my gosh i found them at target <laughs> as one does and they have two different varieties they have just a regular animal cookies frosted mm. and then they have a frosted like mythical creatures one. Oh my gosh yes they're so cool and they're actually better than every other frosted animal cookie i've had mm. i think they taste better really i think they have a better flavor a little bit more crunchy on the inside okay um and it's just like this cute company i don't know i've never oh. heard of them before but oh they're super good if you like animal cookies which who doesn't they're pretty good <laughs> that's wonderful i like that one 
Um, I have a game to recommend. Mm. And the game is uh, this is it's gonna be a little difficult because the game is oh I'm sorry, Sage, I didn't mean to wake you up. It's just called Parks, mm-hmm. everybody, but it's produced by Keymaster Games. Mm-hmm. It's a board game. <sighs> Friends and folks. This game is just it's something that makes me so happy. It uh features the national parks of the United States and surrounding areas, including uh Samoan Islands. Um and it's just gorgeous. So if you are into board games at all, especially ones where you can play solo and with group members. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like five people yeah. can play at once. Yeah. You get to go around. You get to collect resources, take pictures. Uh, and it's just so beautiful. Justin visit and parks. Visit parks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we played last night and we just put this like instrumental camping playlist on and it was just really nice. Just yeah. I, I'm. I really. I miss traveling. So, it's a very cool game. Yeah. I know that they worked like in collaboration with the park system. Oh, that's so cool. And I think there's something in there about like donation Ooh. to parks or something like that. Oh, I like that. Um, you can also go online and like print, like buy prints yeah. of the artwork that are like absolutely gorgeous. So. Yeah, so check it out if you're into board games, and if not, I feel like this is a really good one to start with. Yeah, if you like outdoors, this is a good one. If you it's miss very the pretty. outdoors, yeah. If you want to learn about the U.S. Uh, surrounding areas park system, yeah, great times. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Nice. I love it. I love you. Wow. Wow. Well, do your best this week. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> great. Do your best and just don't. Don't give up, you know? Don't give up. And, and uh, stay safe. And stay spooky. And we'll see you when we see you. Goodbye. Goodbye.